Hello, and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoons, the weekly podcast that revisits, reviews, and ridicules some of the world's weirdest animated series. Coming to you from Peach Creek, I'll be your co-host, Andrew Trumbor. Joining me as always, my co-host, Sean Double L. Ellis. How's it going, Sean? Oh, Andy, Andy, Andy. I'm doing well, buddy. How about yourself? I'm doing good, as long as you stop calling me Andy. Okay. <laughs> Andrew, Andrew, Andrew. I'm doing well, buddy. How about yourself? There, there, there we go. There we go. I'm good. How are you? <laughs> Oh, I'm doing great, man. I'm, we're off to a good start. I don't, I don't mean to come across as a dick, but most people that call me Andy don't see the light of day the next day. So, <laughs> <laughs> just wanted to, oh just wanted to throw that out there. Oh no! Hey, thanks for your, thanks for letting me know now. Yeah, right, thanks sorry, for, thanks for giving me the heads up before. Oh no, no problem whatsoever. Ah, Andrew, we should mention that. Uh, you are a very special guest on today's episode, uh, correct? I am. Yes, you are. And you are brother to... Mr. Dave Drumboard. Hello, everybody. What the hell is happening on this show? <laughs> oh, man, you gotta, you gotta help me out here, Dave. I do. This Never is, uh... call him Andy, apparently. Uh, yeah, I know. I, 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 let it, people. I only let a couple people do that, and it's usually the bigger people that I... Can't mm-hmm. take down. Right. I usually just let them just free roam it with however they want to. Why do. I get away with it? Apparently, I didn't know that was such a touchy. You subject. called me Drew. Drew was fine. Drew's Andy, fine. you never called me Andy. I don't think Rico Slabe. I let you get away with that we one. Did, we did call you a lot of things. So yeah. I'm just. But Andy, Andy's one that just tweaks a nerve with he's me getting, a little He's bit. getting real frustrated right now. We're gonna move on from <laughs> that. So yeah, I like this. Wanted to bring my brother onto the show, not just because he's my brother and because he was in town and that's super cool. And uh, he's been listening to the show for a little while. And I mean, we grew up watching cartoons together. And I've talked about it on the show a number of times in the past. But um, Andrew is actually trying to break into the radio business. He's actually been doing this for a couple of years now. So, what is the um, program that you're currently in in school, and what are you trying to do? With uh, I'm currently enrolled in Northampton Community College in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. And I am the station director for WNCC, which is the school's radio program that can be heard on the TuneIn app. Yeah, so that's why we wanted to get him on, because he's, like, super more professional than we are at this. We're just a couple <laughs> idiots on the internet, and we make a living at it. But Andrew's actually trying to break in radio for real. And Sean, you have a point. Is he more professional? Because he just said he would body me. Um, <laughs> he would put me in a fucking grave if I called him. I was told I had free roam to say whatever I felt like <laughs> I here. said there's no censors, no standards <laughs> or practices. So I figured I might as well get it out of the way now before I can't uh, do it to the general public when I'm on the radio station. Rule number one of radio broadcasting. Get death threats out of the way. First. <laughs> See, we're learning so much good stuff here on the show. God. I do we apologize. Really... I, did, I did come off as a little harsh there. You came out strong. did. came out strong. And I do, apo- I do apologize, Shaw, but it was just kind of like that knee-jerk <laughs> reaction to, oh my God, it's like nails on a chalkboard for me, so. Uh, I'm good now, though. Andrew I'm good, or and Mr. Trumbord? Uh, Mr. Trumbord's my father. Our father. Our father. Yeah, we have the same one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's different moms. <laughs> same father. Trivia. <laughs> Saturday morning cartoons trivia. Holy crap. All right. So, holy we are crap. Actually, also, we brought Andrew on because he had a good suggestion for the show tonight. So, in the past, we've done, you know, Sean and I have done Nicktoons uh, the first of the year. We do them for the whole month of January. We do Nicktoons. We've covered some cartoon cartoons in the past, most notably like Powerpuff Girls. It's pretty much like the main one that we've done. Right. But for tonight, Andrew suggested one of his 
favorite series uh, for when he was a kid. So do you want to let the listeners know what we'll be talking about tonight? We are going to talk about that magical trio that was Ed, Ed, and Eddie. That's right. And we're going to try really hard um, when we're talking about Ed with two Ds to, to call him like double D. Double D. Or just kind of let you guys know we are talking about. Not that, that he has person. double Ds, that he is double D. That always confused me, not as a child, but when I got older and I knew what that meant. <laughs> yes. But in case you guys out there aren't familiar with the show, we're going to turn it over to Sean, who's going to walk us through the history. Ed, Ed, and Eddie is a Canadian-American animated comedy television series created by Danny Antonucci for Cartoon Network and the sixth of the network's cartoon cartoons. Starting in 1999, the show ran for six seasons of 69 episodes. The series concluded with the TV movie Ed, Ed, and Eddie's Big Picture Show on November 8, 2009. Adult cartoonist Antonucci was dared to create a children's cartoon while designing a commercial. He conceived Ed, Ed, and Eddie, designing it to resemble classic cartoons from the 1940s through the 70s, and pitched the series to Cartoon Network. It was also pitched to Nickelodeon, but they demanded creative control, leading to Antonucci landing at Cartoon Network instead. With a 10-year run, Ed, Ed, and Eddie remains the longest-running Cartoon Network original series and Canadian-made animated series to date and is also one of the longest-running United States animated oh, series. Ed, Ed and Eddie trivia. I didn't yeah. realize this one was so late, like in the 90s. I, yeah, for whatever it, reason, it, thought it was earlier. I, I knew it was late in the 90s. I just didn't realize how long of a run it had. Yeah, I mean... Uh, Ten was, years is pretty good for a, for a show like that. Yeah, so. and it's, it's six seasons, so, I mean, they might be including that ten years either with a break in the middle or... Well, yeah, with, I think uh, there was, like, a two- or three-year break before they actually came out with the movie and was like, we need to, you know put a nail in this coffin and finalize this series. That makes so. sense. Just murder these kids once and for all. We'll get into that oh, later. No. We will, actually. We have, we've got theories. <laughs> yeah, and, Andrew brought this to my attention. I had no, I'm going to really struggle to not call you Andy now that I know I hate, did you hate it so much. I didn't even, I didn't even think you did or I would have told you. No, I, know, I never do, but now I want to. Like, now you subconsciously. Want, it's a bro- it must it's be a, a brother thing. thing. He, <laughs> wants, to, he wants to just n- mess up my life. Yeah. <laughs> mess up your life. <laughs> Welcome to my show. Uh, so Ed, Ed, and Eddie, let's talk about it. The series revolves around three preteen boys, Ed, Ed, also known as Double D, and Eddie, collectively known as the Eds, who live in a suburban cul-de-sac in the fictional town of Peach Creek. Under the unofficial leadership of Eddie, Trio frequently invent schemes to make money from their peers to purchase their favorite confectionery jawbreakers. Their plans usually fail, leaving them in various, often humiliating predicaments. What a, what a professional sounding synopsis that was. That was a very professional very sounding. professional sounding synopsis. I, like I forgot that they love Jawbreakers. Unfortunately, we did not see that in any of the uh, episodes we talk about tonight. Uh, but they do love the Jawbreakers. It's, it's kind of weird that they, they didn't did. because he talks about getting the money and that one of their plans actually worked. And that yeah. but you would think the first thing they would have mentioned was, let's go to the candy store and get some Jawbreakers. But I guess the writers forgot to throw that in the script. Yeah, it's interesting that they actually, like, one of their schemes actually does seem to work tonight for a little bit, at least, and they do get the money. I think, Sean, did you have a point, Sean? Or do you want to just move on to your theme song? No, I was, you know, was going to say, you know, the, I remember distinctly that these, these jawbreakers that they would, that yeah. they would bite down on were As, almost like oh, they huge. were three to four times larger yeah. than what a normal jawbreaker was. And so whenever they would put them into their mouths, their, their entire cheeks were completely swollen and, like, distended in like a weird body horror. I don't know how many sports fans you have, but it reminds me of a Phillies player that used to have a thing of chew and gum yep. that was like the size of his 
freaking head. It was like a baseball in his cheek. Yeah, that so would just stick out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, just like that. Delicious. Yep. I love jawbreakers. They're sweet and they're and they're fun. You'll get no argument from me that jawbreakers are delicious. However, a jawbreaker made of chewed up (laughs) wad of tobacco and chewing gum. Okay, yeah, that's that's a little little gross. That makes me shudder. What a what a great flavor for the kids out there come Halloween though. Mm -hmm. Look for. I mean, can't be any worse than anything else they're exposed to anymore. Spit tobacco coming to a store near you. (laughs) They'll be in uh, birdie bots all flavored. That's right, birdie bots. Yeah, yeah. You just oh, you're just gonna continue to bring this back, Andrew, oh, to Harry Potter, no, and I like it. It's all good. We'll try to keep it clean. <laughs> it's a little late for that. Oh, I mean, yeah. we've gotten violent, so we, I mean, there's nowhere else we, to. Where are you bringing we into this? <laughs> I mean, there's there's really yeah. nowhere else to this go. Is, but no, there's not. How about we go to a theme song? Uh, we can go to the theme song. Go to the theme song. Do you want to do a theme song? Right, Let's buddy, do this what theme do you think song. Yeah. Uh, you know, I have to say, uh, a lot of times when we do theme songs, they are you know, kind of recycled animation that ends up being in, like, the first couple episodes. This one was fun because this was a dedicated theme song with dedicated animation for the theme song. Now, it is very repetitive in nature, and it starts off with a whistle, which I was kind of like, I don't know really where this is going to go, but then it really just kind of has this light jazz intro in the background with with a little bit of drum, uh, a little bit of bass, and then we just kick in with some piano and some horns. And it is super, super simple to just kind of continue to have this Ed, Ed, and Eddie, like repeated over and over and over again. But it's nice because you get an opportunity to see a little bit of the personality for each of the mm-hmm. three Eds that we're going to be exposed to throughout the entire show. So that was, uh, it was, it was very clean. It was very easy, mm-hmm. very simple. Yeah, and it was a nice intro for each of the characters because you don't know the difference between Ed and Ed just from hearing it. So it's nice to like see it, see how they spell right. their name. Right. And I know that as we were watching it here, um, like later in the day, I would just be whistling the theme song, kind yeah, of not yeah, paying just attention. Randomly just look at it would me just like, come up and be like, really? Like, like already still whistling? He's doing the whistle again? I mean, I don't hate the theme song, but it's just whistling over and over again. So I mean, like, And I do it a lot. He did do it a lot. And I it was, do it a lot. I mean, he's offering me boards, so I was like, I can't complain too much. You can't. So, <laughs> and I'll do it a lot. He will do it a lot. It is his house, after all. King of his own castle. King of the castle. He kicks himself to the couch. King of the castle. So, uh, yeah, no, it's it's a fun kind of whistly theme song, and I, I don't mean just like whistling along with the tune of the theme song. Like Sean mentioned, that they're literally whistling in it. So, yeah. if you don't like whistling, you're probably gonna hate this theme song. Mm-hmm. If you do like whistling along, then this is a great one to just kind of like jump in. It's a very jaunty tune. Yes. Yeah. Also, if you really like sort of a weird jazz style lip rolls at the very end. Yeah. <laughs> like that? Perfect. Perfect. That was fun. That's what I wanted. And you gave it to me. And, and I think you, you mentioned something funny about like the kind of character design. Yeah. You had never noticed that Eddie had I, what? I didn't know I didn't notice Eddie had a green tongue. Ed's got a blue tongue. Yeah. Double D I think has a blue tongue, and they're all a different shade of sickly looking colors. They're like like puce. Now, I actually always thought that the, the reason for the discoloration mm-hmm. of the tongue was as a result of the jawbreakers oh. that they are always it's searching for. Because if but, anybody's ever had a jawbreaker, the sort of the, the continual sugar and dye that's in it will discolor your tongue correct. completely. But in the show itself, it seems that these three tend to have trouble getting their hands on said jawbreakers. So I don't know how often they actually get to 
enjoy them. So question of the podcast, is green and blue the natural color of these idiots' tongues, or is it because of the jawbreakers? That's a good poll question. Be sure to uh, let us know your thoughts uh, in various comments across our social media site. Uh. Let us know your theories. Please write a 40-page dissertation on your jawbreaker theory and send it to SaturdayMorningCartoons at gmail.com. I think that pretty much wraps it up for the theme song. It's a good theme song. It's a great introduction to kind of the wacky spirit of the show and to, you know, the three main characters. You also get to see a lot of the other uh, side characters kind of pop in. Did you guys have any favorites, either among the three Eds or among the other kind of side characters as well? Andrew, do you have any particular favorites? Uh, personally, I like Ed just because of the random things that he says. Yeah. It just every time he says yeah. something and it has nothing to do with what's going on with the storyline at all. Right. And I'm just, I'm pretty much rolling on the floor every time he says anything. Just because of the intelligent nature of his words. It just, he, he it. always, it sounds like he's being profound, but it usually is just complete non-sequitur nonsense that he comes up with. <laughs> but sometimes it is, it is smart because yeah. it's a throwback to something earlier or something they mentioned otherwise. Yeah. But Sean, did you have a... And it, it, it's very weird because in this episode, or in these two episodes, um, Ed will on occasion have something that seems extremely Dadaist in nature that he's saying that's, as Dave mentioned, completely non-sequitur. There's no reason that he should be saying anything. And then I think there's one line in this entire episode where he actually makes like a profound comment and people are just like, whatever, and just like blow yeah. right yeah. past it. No, nobody there's, takes like, him seriously. The, right, the exactly. one, no, you're fine. Right. And then there's exactly. a couple kind of like, I think there's some like adult humor in there too at one point, which we'll talk about. And mm-hmm. I don't know if it's just because I'm taking it that way or it's because like Antonucci and the other writers were like, just wanted to kind of put that in there. But we'll, we'll definitely talk about that. Um, personally, probably my favorite extraneous character. Well, Sean, did you have one before I get into mine? Well, I, okay. I loved or Plank. We're on the same page. <laughs> Got it. Why do you love Plank? Is that your? No, is that yours as well? For a number of reasons, but why do you love uh, Plank so much? Oh, uh, just because of the the weird nature and the and the fact that Plank never really has to do anything. Plank ends up in weird right. situations, and people just react to him. Uh, I, I just love the idea of, of something that is an inanimate object being instilled with with so much personality that there are so many times where you're like oh yeah plank plank would clearly have done or said that and you just hear people kind of repeating back exactly what they believe plank has said to them whether it's johnny or it's jimmy as we saw in in these episodes uh it it just it's that instillment of an inanimate object with such personality such a like distinct execution that makes it so kind of crazy and weird and just this show is through and through, kind of like oh, a yeah. fever dream. Uh, and, and it never stops. I mean, like, these characters are sort of like a hurricane of their own demise. Like, they just, they roll into everything without a second thought, without really even a plan. And, uh, and they just, they barrel through as much as they can, as quickly as they can, and then always return back to the beginning from whence they start. There's no, like, you think that there's some kind of character progression in this, and it's not. Like, they have an idea, they have a plan and a scheme, they execute it, it always goes poorly, and then they revert right back to the part where they're just like, you know what would be a good plan? And you're like, no, why would you guys, why would you guys even trust Eddie to, have, to lead any of these schemes that you have that are going forward? So, 
Yeah, Andrew, and I had a point that I want to make sure that you get to your, not your theory, but a theory from the fandom before we jump into the episodes, because I want people to have this side theory in mind as we discuss. Right. But you Please. were saying about how, you know, the other characters communicate with Plank, but the real, if you watch it, is Jimmy actually communicating, or does he think he's communicating just because that's what he's expected to do from being friends with Johnny from for so long? Johnny, yeah. Or because he kind of goes, oh, I'm sorry, did you say something? And then it's just like, oh, I guess not. Like he's trying to figure out. I love that it's like a, a weird extension from. I like to think Plank is a crossover between the ventriloquist dummy from Batman the Animated Series <laughs> and Log yes. from Ren and Stimpy. <laughs> I like to oh think that God. someone log reference. Someone got a hold of Log, cut it into Planks, and then made it into basically a ventriloquist dummy. This is, this is my shared universe of Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Just the only thing I, I would say, Andrew, to, to that is that, you know, Johnny has already kind of manifested and it's, you're familiar with sort of the, the social phobias and, and uh, I, I don't want to say problems, but just sort of the, the special element that Johnny brings to Plank. Uh, you also know that Jimmy's character is, I, I wouldn't say that he's feeble. Yeah. Like he's very feeble and he's impressionable. Yes. And, and so I, I think that you I think that we're kind of I think that we're 50-50 on this. I think that you're right and I also think that I'm right. I think that he is having a conversation with Plank and I think that he's also having that conversation with Plank because of what you mentioned because he's he's witnessed Johnny have this this rich friendship with a 2 by 4 mm. and now he's given that 2 by 4 and he's like now I can finally have the friendship and the relationship that I want with somebody who's not going to treat me like a, like a small, feeble right. child. You guys both have some good and stuff, so I, and, and I'll let you finish up. I just want to make sure you kind of save any further discussion until when we get to that part of the, the episode. But you guys have some good stuff. Go ahead, yeah, John, yeah. No, no, no. So I, 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 want to, uh, I want to really get into Andrew's ideas uh, for this and sort of the, the theories that they have for the fandom because I, think, I feel like for the psychology behind this, like we could talk for hours. Oh, yeah. uh, and this, this podcast should not be about delving into the child psychology <laughs> for Ed, oh, Ed, and Eddie. Not. I think because that's what that, that would be, that would be. They've been waiting 117 episodes. <laughs> because we're not qualified. We're not qualified Fact. to make Fact. those comments. Can I just throw Fact. in the I'm not qualified. in college so I know better than everybody else theory? And I stayed at a Holiday Inn Express last night, so we're in, <laughs> we're in real good shape. And that joke was from 10 years ago. That was from 10 yeah. years ago. I'm even old enough to remember <laughs> that, com- <laughs> that reference. Like, oh, oh, my God. When I was a kid. All right, so there's a, there's a fan right, theory so- out there about Ed, Ed, and Eddie, and this kind of blew my little mind. And he told me. So just give us a brief kind of general idea and let, let the minds explode as they will. Okay, well, if you haven't seen this theory before, it's that the, all the children within the series are actually in a form of purgatory. Um, when you look at it, there's never any parental you know, guidance or anything like that. Yeah, that's the look that I kind of got before from David when I said there is this fan theory of all the children are dead and he just kind of I just saw his head literally explode and, and we had we, to repaint the walls and we so. pieced it back together so everything's fine so yeah I think we might have missed a couple of pieces but everything's <laughs> green and black <laughs> so but and that is a subtle brother dig <laughs> but you know when you think about it and you know they mention parents but you never actually see them, right. and it's just kind of the whole idea of do these children actually have parents, and 
when you look at like the color schemes that they use in some of the episodes and like the sky is purple and the dirt is blue and So they're at Boise State. Yeah. Right. So so that's the grass. <laughs> I don't know about the dirt. Sports uh. reference. <laughs> um and then, you know, to add to that theory, everybody talks about, well, some of them have some pretty sickly skin tones yeah. and They've the colors of tongues that would be referred to by corpses yeah. and, and they've all got mental issues. And they're all yeah, and they all got some sort of psychological issue with something. You know, you got Johnny two by four, the antisocial, mm-hmm. whose friend is an inanimate object. Also you like got, a little he's got some weird psychosis going yeah, on. Yeah, he does too. You got Jimmy who's the sickly, frail type. You got, you know, just this wide array of personalities and you know, I don't want to say disorders is the wrong word, but just kind of like the emotional states of these children mm-hmm. are just at completely different levels that wouldn't really kind of mesh with live children, I guess you can say. Yeah, when you basically told me that there was like this fan theory, you were like, oh, the theory is that like they're all dead and in purgatory. I was yeah. just like, what? Uh, yeah, and, what? and somebody came up, <laughs> you know, somebody broke it down like, Rolf is from the early days of immigration in America. He was killed by an animal. And Eddie, Eddie is a, a 1930s shyster trying to make a buck in the see, Great that, Depression. That I can see instantly. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, he is through and through a snake oh, oil yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah, like Naz is from the 70s and has, you know, was born to hippie parents. And that's why she's just so kind of laid back and who gives a fuck like so like the other side of the theory is that Antonucci kind of crafted it with all those decades of cartoons in mind yeah. so it's kind of like he pulled from each of those cartoons but I actually kind of like the theory that like no these kids are all dead they have no parents and they're just kind of like existing in their own perpetual childhood yeah, it's just, you know, which is why they never get jawbreakers because there are no adults around to sell them to them right super sad and with that in mind let's jump into the episode <laughs> so we're going to talk uh, episode uh, season two episode three tonight which is split between know-it-all ed and dear ed mm-hmm. so each of these episodes is about a half an hour long but they've got two segments so they're both made up of about 12 to 15 minute segments so we're going to talk about both tonight uh, first impressions from know-it-all ed uh <laughs> sean do you have any any first thoughts from watching this yeah, you know, I know I, I, that this is, uh, this doesn't happen all the time, and this is something that, you know, we've seen with, like, John Craig Belusi, with these title cards that they have that sort of introduce right. the episode. I love those. I don't know what it is about having those still frames to, to introduce and segue into the episode. I just think they're a lot of fun, and I think they're an underutilized uh, mean in order to just provide that segue and introduction, because you don't really know, sometimes when we watch these cartoons, that title comes up very, very mm-hmm. quickly. And in the blink of an eye, it's all of a sudden gone. And I think that this 30 seconds that they pay tribute to not only what the, or the episode is, um, you know, but also who directed it. Like, I remember all of the, like, all the Mary Melodies yeah. cartoons mm-hmm. and those distinct bump cards that they had before each episode. And that's why I remember half the names that I remember regarding cartoons, like, growing up. And so I think that those things are always kind of fun. And what was it? So we had, like, a, the first title card was a, a donkey it was a was it the donkey like reading a textbook yeah donkey reading the textbook yeah and yeah that would... and uh it said know-it-all ed and ed was spelled backwards yes. yeah and i think ed appears yeah. in like every title every like, title every has the word ed in it in yeah. some way shape or form so all right uh but yeah 
just a very fun introduction mm. to the show. I love seeing that utilized in these cartoons. And I th- I just real quick, too, um, the reason why we picked this episode is not necessarily because of this first segment. So this first segment is just kind of like a bonus. Uh, we actually picked it because of a, a specific rating and character and plot that we'll get into in the second segment. So we'll explain that in a little bit. Okay. But this was kind of just like a bonus section here. And actually, I really like this one because it had, it wasn't just um, kids out acting up and just like having a goofy fun time, which it was, but they also had this kind of like a higher level to it where eventually everything gets kind of this like Wild West kind of tone to it. Mm. It doesn't start that way, but it quickly turns into like a Wild West of the imagination. I really think that the the fun in this was the imagination. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with uh, with Double D, well, we should set sure. the scene is that they're in this right. junkyard, they're playing around, doing sort of a, a King of the Hill style game. Uh, all of the, the eddies kind of tackle one another. They fall into a bunch of trash. <laughs> As and you will. They reveal that the there's they reveal that there's a <laughs> Exactly. So they, they realize that there is a, a box of these uh, turkey what basters. What did they think they were at first? And, alien probes. Well, yes. thought they were alien probes. So this is, this is where turkeys. it gets fun. So each one of them always has a different impression or interpretation of what these different right. things are. And so Ed, as we've mentioned, is sort of this crazy pants individual making these offhanded, non-sequitur comments. He thinks they're alien probes. Eddie, the sort of the snake oil salesman, is just like, oh, they're, they're yeah, squirt guns. They're, they're Canadian squirt guns. Canadian squirt guns. Canadian right. squirt guns. And so Double, double D, Eddie, is, just looks at them and he goes, they're, they're turkey yeah. basters. These are, these are very, very clearly turkey <laughs> basters. To which, to which Eddie is just like, nah, you're insane. They're Canadian squirt guns. And they just roll with that Canadians idea. Canadians are weird. Like, there's, yeah, to which Ed replies, Canadians are weird. <laughs> yeah. I am a whale, Eddie, and a endangered mammal. Hug me. <laughs> if you've seen the show, you should definitely remember Ed, because he's just like the tall, gangly one who just speaks nonsense. Yeah. So, yeah. so uh, you know, it's obviously we've talked about the fact that, you know, uh, you know that this is partially animated through a, a Canadian um, entity, and so it's just very funny that they keep making over and over and over again these, like, these comments about being right. Canadian. And I don't think as a kid and, and not really knowing sort of the production background and sort of who was involved with this, I would have ever gotten these jokes in the first place. It was just simply like they were just making fun of Canadians. Yeah. And I think as an adult, I'm just kind of like, guys, what's, what's so wrong about Canada? Like, I know a lot of people from Canada. They're very lovely human beings. It's just all of a sudden this show is like, we're going to shit on Canada right out of the gate. And we're going to do it multiple times within this 11-minute segment. Say Antonucci? Antonucci is actually Canadian, so... So I feel right. like that's, yeah, just in-jokes for them, just having fun with it. Yeah. Or the other writers yeah. making fun of him could be either way. So, okay, so we've, got, we've yes. got Eddie, who, as you mentioned, is kind of like the snake oil salesman. So he stumbles upon these turkey basters, which he envisions as Canadian squirt guns. So what's he going to do with them? I mean, obviously his, his wheels are turning. He's, he wants to mm-hmm. do something with them. Mm-hmm. What's yeah. he do? He realizes that, you know, he, he sees profit in this. That's and right. He just has this weird feeling that the... Other kids will just fall in love with these things, so let let's sell it to them. <laughs> I love I love that he doesn't just sell them like the idea though. No, like, he he's actually, also like a showman. Yeah, he pitches them the idea. He, yeah. he you know they they're having their little activity in the alleyway. They're literally and just bowling they, in an open alley, not bowling a bowling a, alley. Yeah, but they're in an alley. In bowl, an alleyway with, the, and the only actual bowling equipment they have is a bowling ball. 
the lane is literally just the dirt with the random objects lined up on either side and then random objects as the pins. <laughs> Which makes me just like really sad for these kids. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> when I watched it after having like the purgatory theory in mind, I was just like, I am very sad for these kids. <laughs> but meanwhile, Ed j- or Eddie just busts on the scene, big white hat, socks around his belt, and he's... Turkey basters full of water yep. and one on either side. And purgatory like, water. Purgatory water. Right. Yeah, that's healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd rather go to Mexico at that point. So. Oh, Flint. <laughs> Am I making this weird? Yeah. No, I'm, I just I just shouted out the whole city of Flint, Michigan. So I think you're. Fine. Oh, okay. I'm the one on the hot seat. <laughs> good. Alrighty, well. I'm yeah, so I love the fact that Eddie this sells is, it. This out. has been a fun yeah. one-upping brother moment yeah. right now. <laughs> it's like, well, I'm taking Flint, Michigan. Yeah. I'm taking one-upsmanship. But I've got a joke about water. I've got a better joke about <laughs> water. On our okay. water okay. Hours before this <laughs> but he, you know, he makes a whole show out of it. He gets all the kids' attention. He's got Ed playing the duck <laughs> game from the local festival going great, back and forth that's a great scene. and he just squirts yeah. him with it and he great carnival puts another game. arm up and it's whack, whack and you know all the kids get sold relatively quickly it's a pretty sweet trick shot though that he does at one point it was he has he he puts it on the ground and he like i don't know if you i forget if he pushed it or he stepped on sean, it sean got a point yeah so he uh he actually has this this one moment where he the trick shot that i think yeah. that you're mentioning dave is where he he banks it off of an he banks oh, it off of that, two objects one, yeah. and then it shoots through all of the kids' <laughs> yep. ears in one ear and out the other. Again, supported by the because whole purgatory theory because these kids are clearly <laughs> dead. It goes through both of theirs and now yeah. and now Ed, insane Ed, has been moving back and forth behind a fence line like he is a duck in a carnival game, and that water goes through passes through like three or yeah. four kids' ears and then hits him right in the face. Hits him with kind. Of, Hits him right in the face with sort of that like spittoon, like, yep. and then he's just like, "Oh, you got me." <laughs> <laughs> yep. And so then, great, great salesman is basically yeah, what I'm great to salesman. Eddie's a great yeah. salesman. The kids, he sold it. He okay. sold the kids. It. Bum rush, double mm-hmm. D, poor double D, standing at this flimsy little makeshift, you know, psychiatrist booth that <laughs> from Charlie Brown, and it's at just least like, they upped it to twenty five cents. Yeah, right? five cents. So that's yeah. Great. Well, it yeah, was actually right. 50 cents, and oh, he got the sock cents. holster to go with it. That's right, so, that's right. Free sock holster. Free sock holster, yeah. So, and... Again, that whole sock holster thing, just the imagination that's behind this. Like, I, I mean, who hasn't used, like, when you were a kid playing, like, games and stuff like that, you know, in the, the front yard? Like, you know, who, who didn't use, like, things like that, you know, creatively in order to kind of accomplish your end we goal? We used to... I feel like there's to, feel like there's a fun brother there brothers is, moment that's about to, to happen. To, we used to play. Your eyes lit up. We Dave. used to play sock ball in the house because you couldn't like in the house you couldn't use like actual. Forgot about sock ball. Like like foam balls or rubber balls or stuff because you break shit in the house. Yeah, so we yeah. used sock balls. We used two old like long tube socks. We ball the first one up, stuff it in the toe of the other one, and then wrap that other one around the first and like like tie it off. So we used to play sock ball in the house all the time. Yeah. You could knock that thing around, you wouldn't break anything. Yeah. So there's a, a wow. little fun game for you kids out there. Steal your dad's you socks, go. knot them up in a ball pretty so they're sure, ruined. I'm pretty sure kids probably shouldn't be listening to this, but I, if just, there are any that yeah. are sneaking out and getting their parents' Listen, approval. get your fucking dad's socks out of the fucking drawer, tie them in a fucking knot, bat them around the house. Sock ball. Sock ball. Look, uh, also, if you're named Andrew, don't let anybody oh, call you anything else but Andrew. Otherwise, <laughs> Andrew, fucking bury him. Dig him a hole. 
Dig them three graves outside mm, of somebody's house. This, bada bing, bada boom, bada, bada bing. This sounds like we're coming right back around to this episode right here. Yeah, that was a good, that was a good segue. Oh. No, I, Andrew, you are picking up radio segues like a pro, Listen, buddy. I've been, I've been thinking about this for a long time. It's just recently I've put it into motion, so. Mm-hmm. The plans to good. murder Sean. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that comes after. That, that might be my retirement goal, so. That's so Sean's got a while. Uh, yeah, you got some time yet. He's got some time. You're on notice. Oh, that's no, fun. Love, I'm just going to end up in purgatory anyway. Yeah, yeah, with play with these so. kids. Bowling in an alley. Yeah. I love it at this point, though, because Eddie's kind of set the stage as, like, the shyster, but he's also kind of like the cowboy's squirt, you know, sharpshooter with the squirt guns. So I love that he has, he has now <laughs> set up the Wild West stage, so everybody else takes that and runs with it. Like, everybody, they're, they're doing, like, stage coaches. They're doing mm-hmm. uh, gold mining. Let's get into the stage coach. I, I cannot let you go beyond the stage right, coach ahead. without getting into this. This stagecoach is jo- is is Johnny in what looks like bondage well, gear pulling a well, red radio is, flyer. Is oh, no, 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 hold on. He's pulling a red radio flyer, all right, behind him. And Plank is driving. It looks like Plank's Plank driving. is like driving. Plank is driving this train yep. and Johnny is very clearly like the steer now, in is this. Is it bondage gear or is it the the thing the that they put yeah, the bridle the that they bridle. put into horses' mouths to guide them to where they're supposed to go. That's where I Which was. Which is also sometimes used as bondage gear, Andrew. We're not talking ball gags and, you know, whips and chains here. We're, talk, we're talking stagecoaches and horse-drawn carriages at it's a this very, point. It's a very specific... Uh, form of bondage, I guess. Yes. Sean's favorite kind of bondage, <laughs> apparently. So I do. It seemed like you got really into the whips and chains part. Chains. Who's going to start rapping ludicrous? Listen, for I, a second. Ludicrous. What happened to Usher? Handcuffs. Anyway. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> um, what's his name? Yeah, Johnny has like two spatulas on the side of his face as like horse blinders. blinders. Yep. Which I just, I just love. I didn't take it as anything like S and M. I just took it as like fun imagination. However, I will say, fucking weird. That he was the horse and plank, this plank of well, wood did was you, driving that. Did driving you really coach. think that the plank of wood should have been the horse? No, I mean, or... it made sense. <laughs> yeah, Dave. Yeah, Dave. Yeah, Dave, you Dave, dummy. His logic stupid. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a great scene. Hey, hey, Dave, I'm sorry. That, that piece of wood, that rectangular piece of wood, how was it going to perform some mode of transportation via, like, you know, locomotion in a circular zero, fashion? Zero, 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 0.0001% horsepower, right? Yeah, fair point. Like you guys make solid points about this fictional cartoon. <laughs> or, or was your idea that you should drill a hole through the plank and then put two wheels on the other side? You, because you are a fucking monster. Uh, then, well, I would have done it. Well, I, I think yeah, you I would have turned him into a skateboard. You, you just stole his idea. I think you <laughs> I would have turned plank into a skateboard. Well, there is that face down. Um, face down. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well. So it's interesting because so Johnny and Plank, uh, they they form like this kind of like stagecoach thing, and it's weird. But they take off, right? Mm-hmm. And they leave everybody else behind. And the kids are kind of like, they're all acting like Wild West show. And they're kind of like squirting their guns. And they're all having a good time. Mm-hmm. But Eddie, at this point, has realized like, shit, we sold out of all our turkey basters, our Canadian squirt guns. Canadian squirt we guns. made literally as much money as we possibly could from this, like, this, this limited supply that we had. What else can we do? Mm-hmm. So at this point, right. like, it's now Marshall Eddie and his deputies, right? So he starts like, Handing out fines, like twenty-five cent fines here and there. He's, you know, people are mining for gold, and they're doing all kinds of like, you know, minor forty-nine-er stuff. He's given somebody. I think he gives Jimmy like a twenty-five cent railroad tax because of his braces. Because of his braces, <laughs> he, he bites. Yep. Kevin tries to give him money. He bites it and gets splinters. So it's a joke of like the wooden nickel. Mm-hmm. So um, they they're having fun with it. Everything's going along just fine until 
Johnny and Plank make their way back, and there's apparently some trouble out there in the Wild Wild West. Flying back. So right before that moment where where Johnny and Plank come flying back, there is a moment where uh, Ed, Ed and Eddie are having a conversation with somebody, and then Double D looks to Eddie and says, wrong cartoon, Eddie. Yeah. What did he say I, before that? I, what what joke? I didn't I didn't I missed that joke completely. No, I, I, I watched it of, two to three I times. I wrote exactly. all of Ed's non sequiturs down, but I don't know if one of And I, I didn't get Eddie that one. That said something and double D said to him something about there being the wrong wrong cartoon. I missed that one. Well, let's yeah, throw it, it to the fans. The, fans, the if you know thing. what we're trying to talk yeah, about, go watch, this episode. You know, go watch this episode, put that in the comments, and make sure that we know what we're talking about You can literally time. watch that episode twice by the time we're done with this podcast, so you're good to go. So, so the whole, uh, to bring this back into focus, so we have Johnny and right. Plank come crashing oh, back, crashing, crashing back right into the scene, crashing. And so what is Plank wearing at this point? Well, it's not so much what he's wearing, it's what his... Face is what he, well. He is wearing something as well. It's, yeah. it's what they've done to his face. I mean, he's essentially gotten a pretty little makeover. Messed from, him up real bad. They messed him up real bad. They made him smell horrible with that perfume that they made him wear, and uh, which was emitting emitting a pretty little pink cloud. It was, it was a nice, nice little pink pink scent cloud. <laughs> <laughs> I smell like fresh cut flowers strewn across a babbling brook with a hint of lemon. Thank you, Ed. <laughs> so we we have the introduction now of the Kankers. Right. Mm-hmm. This has been the the one faction of this childhood group that has not come in yet, and they are sort of the antagonist to all of the Eds that we have. And it just so happens that we have we have three Eds and we have three Kankers, and so it's almost like a perfect combination, perfect combination. of like let's let's pick a boyfriend. All the Kankers are just trying to date one of these mm-hmm. Eds. Um, well, so, Andrew, do your point? I've, actually, now that you said that, I actually have two points. Um, going back to the purgatory theory, mm-hmm. if, you look, <laughs> if you look at the Kanker sisters, they all actually have normal skin tones and normal tongue colors. And one thing that was mentioned in the purgatory theory is that the Kanker sisters, because they don't just torment the Eds, mm-hmm. they torment, all, like, all the kids in this town are just petrified of them. And the theory is brought up that they are actually uh, demons from hell come to torment the kids in purgatory. I feel like whatever guy wrote this comment was just like, I don't like women, and these three women represent the three girls that I dated in high school. And these kids are all dead, much like all my childhood hopes and dreams. It's just, oh my God. I, I just think it's too much. Like, I, I, like, I, I, like, I love the fan theory. It, it's just getting to the point of like, these girls are, are they, demons. Well, they, they, yeah. they, they even say, like, to explain the cankers was a little bit more of a challenge than... So I mean, it, to, to be honest, that's what I was thinking, though. Like, not, not noticing that they were, like, a different color or a more normal color. I was just like, these three are, like, the, the plague, the antagonists of everybody. So that would mm-hmm. make sense in, like, a hellscape, that they'd be kind of, like, a higher level of, uh, yeah. like, succubus or something. So, yeah, but, I could see it. I like their name too, Canker. Canker. Canker sores. Canker I mean, I mean, it makes sense because they're yeah. they're a sore on everybody's side. That's so. right, right in the mouth. Right in the mouth. Right in your mouth. Yeah. So there's this this cool Jesus. kind of standoff between these three these two groups now. So like you've got all the townspeople who are the kids, 
which are now like pretending to be terrified. And right. it's up to Marshal Eddie, who's been levying all these fines on people, yep. to now stand up with his deputies to the Canker Sisters. Correct. So they basically right. have like this high noon at the OK Corral kind of thing where they, they just have this standoff. And I love how inventive the Eds get with their squirt guns out of nowhere. Yeah. 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 Uh, one thing I did, yeah, I did yeah. forget to mention my second point when you said oh, yeah. about them trying to date the Eds. I don't know if it's that sure. they're actually trying to date the Eds. More so that they get enjoyment out of them trying to squirm out of their control, that they kind of like. They try to kiss them. And they, they try like to kiss them, and they, they know like that they're like getting trying to get away from it. It's kind of like a, a joy of the chase kind of thing, um, which is actually uh, just brought, like which, just like tor- being tormented. Which in is hell, actually right? <laughs> which is actually brought up in a different episode. Where they where all the tables are turned, they try using reverse psychology on the Canker mm. Sisters, and the Canker Sisters are actually repulsed off by it until they realize mm. what they're trying to do, and then you know the world is right they've once been, again. And they've been outsmarted. Yeah, that's how you get. That's how you got to deal with the devil. Yeah. Outsmart. You got to deal yeah. with the devil. Outsmart them. You got to squirt him with the uh, crankshaft number five perfume, and you got to take his money. Yeah, crankshaft. You got to get a. You gotta spit on a little of that uh, ode to uh, wood rot. Ode to wood rot. Ode to wood rot. Yep. Ode to yeah, wood I love rot. that the Kanker sisters have taken it to the next level and they've filled their stolen squirt guns with something like perfume, also just other like just rancid uh, concoctions, mm-hmm. and have like hosed down the Eds. But they've also taken I, their jar of money. I can yes. I can only imagine what a crankshaft number no. five perfume would even smell like. I just assumed it was like just oil, like I, motor oil. Yeah, motor oil. Apparently, it's actually something kind of nice. But it was very orange. If you uh, yeah, if exactly. you open up a bottle of a ten WD mm. and then you you fart into it, mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty sure, pretty sure that's what it yeah. is on a hot day. Hot farts. Hot farts. Hot farts. Oh, man. So now we continue with our kind of like Wild West themes and uh, the Eds, as they're marching off to kind of like stand up to the cankers, they walk by these three shallow graves. And it's kind of a cool throwback to like spaghetti westerns. There's a funny twist on it because immigrant Rolf has apparently dug these shallow graves as mud pits. For his picks. For his picks. Which you get about a two second joke out of and cut right to the next scene. Yeah. But it's cool, just, cool it's subtle, review. it's subtle, and it's just enough that everybody goes, wow, that, that really got dark, and now it's not so dark anymore. <laughs> yeah, now it's not so dark, it's just for pigs to wallow in, and it's Rolf, and he talks weird, so everything's fine. It's just the fact that they had the, the like, the sun setting behind them, right. and all their shadows are just in that in grave. grave already, yeah. Perfectly sized, and they're just like, yeah. Yeah, it's nicely shot, nicely shot. Nicely shot. Or a cartoon. But yeah, so Sean, what about the uh, standoff between the Eds and the Canker Sisters? What stuck out as they wrap this episode up? Uh, so uh, just at the very end, we have this, this moment where sort of uh, Double D Ed gets all of his turkey basters set up on what looks like kind of like a rail gun, right. where he's like kind of cranking gun. it back and yeah. forth. <laughs> and, then it, and he's got like this, this glimmer in his eye of just like, <laughs> you're just all dead gets, now. Yeah. Tongue gets and real big. He went insane. Yeah. And, and and he you, you realize in this moment that he's just shooting turkey basters that are full of water, but he is like getting a sick sense of enjoyment. He's gonna go disacerbate out of his... later. Yeah, disacerbating all over the place. <laughs> right, <laughs> disaster and masturbate. Up. You just want to portmanteau that into one disaster. <laughs> so we uh we have this thing where finally Eddie kind of comes over to him and just looks at him and just says, "Relax, it's." It's, it's a, a toy from it's Canada. A toy. He's like, just <laughs> it's a toy from Canada. 
And then, uh, and then they they realize that they've sprayed everything, and they have not hit the cankers no, once. Cankers, cankers, cankers are on their own little island yeah, in the middle like, of this moat. Yeah, now, exactly, a moat because there's water so much water there apparently. Yeah, in purgatory. Cankers fire back, and they miss. To which the but the Eds are just they? like, "Ha ha, you missed!" And they're like, "We did not shoot perfume this time. It's our canker patented uh, rubber cement. Check your feet, and they are stuck like flies to a fly trap." And they cannot go Take anywhere. Yep. And this and this whole episode ends with a smooch. With Multiple smooches and agony for our protagonists slash now death by kisses. You might call that because protagony. Protagony. I am done for the episode. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> protagony. Awesome. Protagony. protagony. Yeah, that sounds fun episode. So just any concluding thoughts from that that fun that little segment, Andrew? Anything? Just you know the whole tie-in with the uh, you know the Wild West, yeah, and you know just just a, a way to change the change of pace yeah. for the show, just to throw in a little something to to jab at the Wild West theme, get those little jokes in the in the series. Yeah, it was cool. I liked it for the same reasons, Sean. Yeah, I mean I agree. You know, it's fun. It's simple. It's a nice little tip of the cap to uh, these spaghetti westerns, and it's done. And it's done. And it. How many? I've seen a lot of westerns, and they all seem to end with kisses. Yeah. <laughs> Cause, kisses, because because girls they tried, are to, gross. they tried to take away the darkness of purgatory by ending it with kisses instead of from you know, fucking demons. From da- Jesus Christ, <laughs> <laughs> missed the mark on that one. All right, so now we're getting to Dear Ed. Dear Part Ed, two. Right. Now, this Part is two. the reason that we wanted to talk about this because Sean, I know Andrew brought up the uh, series of Ed, Ed, and Eddie. You wanted to focus on an episode that featured a particular character. Right. And that character would be... Would be playing. Would be. Would be. I would like it. Be. I like what you, you did there. not encourage me. <laughs> don't. So, Andrew... Andrew, don't. Andrew, you're very Andrew, punny. Don't. No. You're very oh, punny today. No, it's bad. It's all bad. So we looked up a bunch of Plank... Uh, Andrew looked up a bunch of Plank <laughs> episodes. We compared it to, like, IMDb with, like, the highest rated ones that featured Plank. This one was pretty good. It was like an 8.1 um, on IMDb, and it's mostly for this segment that we wanted to talk about today. This one, to me, is nuts. Like, more nuts <laughs> oh, than the yeah. last one. The last one was a little this more... This one's insane. Crazy. This one had a little bit of a psychological twist to it that went very it's, wrong very quickly. It's like, it's like not super dark, but like just very mental. The last one, at least, was kind of grounded as like a Wild West kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it was very cartoonish, but it was also just like grounded in something... And I think what it knew this is just not what it also did was it you know exacerbated Johnny's phobia of social like what <laughs> everybody's no, shaking that, their heads. That word just rhymed with the other word you macerated earlier. So <laughs> <laughs> no, it just it you know this was kind of like a uh, like a foundation episode for Johnny. It showed exactly how mentally unstable this kid actually was right. without his little buddy by his side. So. so, so yeah. So explain that. So we've got, yeah, John, Johnny two by four. Well, I, I, I want to say to, to Andrew's point, sort of as he kind of examines and get in there, gets into this a little bit more. This episode really also shows the, the compassion that the rest of these kids have for Johnny's not again, for, for Johnny's phobias, yeah. for Johnny's kind of particular mindset yeah. that he has when relating to plank in order to support him. Because at no point in time are these kids like, uh, this is weird. He's talking, to, he's talking to a plank. Like, 
how odd. This is so crazy and bizarre. What a weirdo. Yeah. They never say that. I mean, at any every once in, in a while, there's in, a very subtle jab at him for having Blank as a friend, but it's real subtle and it's never like full on bullying or, or derogatory. Yeah, it's just kind of like right. kids picking on each other kind yeah. of thing. Like everything's right. taken and in so, stride. Yeah. And so it's it's very interesting to see that for the three Eds that we have, their first thought or their first idea is how can we actually. Well, uh, let's say two specific ideas. One, how can we make money? Two, how can we support a friend who seems to be in crisis? Yeah, you know, the typical children's cartoon of the 90s, early 2000s. Let's put a life lesson in there and make everybody learn something while they're laughing at people. I feel like I, I can't. I, I take no lessons from anything for Ed, Ed, and Eddie. I take zero yeah. lessons. Maybe because I was, I was already like 16 when this came out, but like... What life I lessons? Mean, this boy needs psychological help. He does. He yeah. does need psychological help, but he's but they're he's dead, getting so that. There's no one there to give it to. Him. <laughs> but he's getting that help from his friends, who usually are everyone. If they, if you could call them friends, like anybody who knows the series knows, it, it goes every which way. Everybody's a friend, then everybody's an enemy, then everybody's yeah. just against the Eds, but then the Eds are. Against the Canker Sisters, and then it's just... Or they're using each other to kind of, like, make money or yeah, whatever. But, but let me ask the question. Like, I, I grew mm-hmm. up in, like, a development that had a lot of kids that were my age. Mm-hmm. And that was sort of the, that was sort of the, the journey that you had yeah. when you were a kid. Like, you had friends, uh, you know, that you were very close with. And then you had people who were sort of on the fringe. And then they kind of, everybody kind of went back and forth. There was a weird ebb and flow to a lot yeah. of those middle school friendships. Right. Because... You were still becoming adult. That was like that was one of the first times when you were really kind of making opinions and, and forming ideas and saying like I like this and I don't like that. Uh, how do I interact with other people? And that's that's a pivotal moment in a lot of people's lives. And so I, I think that this this cartoon does a good job of showing that natural ebb and flow. I don't. Did you guys have that sim- similar experience when you were kids growing I mean, up? Look, when I was in purgatory, or even growing up together. <laughs> when I, I was in purgatory and trying to make friends, it was that was the toughest thing was to kind of keep those. Dave, I want to give you a heads up. You're still in purgatory. But when I was growing up in purgatory, uh, see, he okay. never left purgatory. He's just grown up in it. I'm now, speaking so. to you from beyond the veil. Uh, so, so I appreciate the internet is very slow down here. So I'm glad you guys could make it. <laughs> But I mean, no, I think everybody has that. They have that kind of, and we had different circles of friends because we grew up in, you know, different, different neighborhoods. Yeah. We had, we had shared time on like weekends and stuff. We grew up in different neighborhoods. So, but I think everybody has that. Could you call your, your upcoming as like inner city kind of thing? Yeah, more or less. Inner city. And I was more of a a suburban kind of setting pretty much all my life. And I did have that cul-de-sac feel of, you know, the friends down the street and the friends, you know. Across like riding the bikes houses. Everybody's riding bikes and everything. And, you know, you knew who you could hang out with. You knew who you had to stay away from. And then there was those kids in the middle that you were just kind of like, they're there, then they're not. And it doesn't really matter one way or another, you know, just as long as everything just kind of keeps flowing. I like that I'm the brother with the inner city, inner city childhood. It makes me sound super tough. <laughs> So you're, definitely, you're definitely tougher than I am. So super, we'll tough, just, super tough Rocky we'll growing up. Throw that out in there. In the city, Eastern Pennsylvania. Eastern Pennsylvania, yeah. Growing up tough. Growing up tough. It's a little tougher now than it was 20 Gee, years ago. Well, I don't know, man. It's, it's a little rough no matter what. But, John, but what about you? I mean, we had the same kind of thing with no matter where you grow up, you have friends that some days you're allies, the next day, sometimes for no reason at all, you're enemies. And it's just like, what the hell happened? Yeah. 
I mean, I think that that's a part of being a yeah, kid. I think that's yeah. it. So, so that, to that point, they do this pretty well. Yeah. But to other points, this is just a batshit episode. It was a batshit. Oh, well, yeah. First off, you got Eddie <laughs> right. riding Ed as a freaking backhoe. Mm-hmm. And just, they're searching for treasure, and they're like, I found something. And he just decides to pull up the cable line that's holding all the street lights right, in let's, place. Let's, let's break that down a little bit, because that sounds <laughs> yeah, insane, yeah, yeah. and it was. So let's, but for people so, out there, so, so you've got double so D. Step, right. You've got double D. You've got double D with a metal detector. Right. In a random something yard. Beeps, something beeps. Right. Step two, he puts a giant X <laughs> over top of where to dig. Right. Mm-hmm. Step three. Just like pirates do. Is, step three. Eddie breaks Ed's arms backwards <laughs> at the shoulders. Complete dislocation of the shoulders. Yeah, he's holding Complete. on like reins of a horse. Right. So step three, breaking your friend's arms, pushing his head down into the ground because his teeth have already begun to move like they're some type of like a, just like a, a, steam a, a an earth-moving yeah. vehicle, yeah. and they are just digging and jackhammering into the ground and pulling everything up. Step four, you, you hit painter. Mm-hmm. You hit that metal shiny thing. Yeah. Step five is you don't. Yeah, you don't stop. You just keep going until suddenly your friend's mouth begins to cycle through all of the electrical power lines that are on your entire block. Which there's a great shot of you can see kind of like back through the street, and suddenly one by one, all of the different lamp posts that are there just hit the ground. Like they're standing tall, and all of a sudden they just shunk, 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 shunk. Like, just drop into the ground. And, and probably my favorite part of this entire thing is how little it connects at all to the rest of the episode. Yeah, it's, it's oh, absolutely it doesn't mean, it, nothing. there's nothing. There's nothing. Yeah. It's just an introduction to, like, their complete wackiness and yeah, zaniness yeah. of this, this purgatory that they live in. But then, meanwhile... Yeah, so, like, literally, they're doing that, and then Jimmy, Jimmy's the kind of feeble guy with braces... He's, hey guys! Yeah. He's very hey, kind of like, hey not effeminate, just kind of like way more immature than the rest of them. Yeah. And, and he, he just walks by dragging Plank, literally dragging him, like, on the ground. <laughs> on yeah. the ground. Like, no, no, no respect no. to hold him up. <laughs> He's like. <laughs> no, no, before we get into this, to, to Andrew's point, he is dragging a two by four. Now, we should describe, because we've been talking about Plank a lot, right. Plank is a two by four. Mm-hmm. That has a smile drawn on him and two eyes, eyes. and that's it. Correct. And those those googly eyes mm-hmm. are just one big circle with a dot pupil in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. That's Very it. Basic. It's not it's not crazy complicated not. in its design. It's just a simple piece of wood with a face drawn. But on. to Johnny, Johnny two by four, that's basically like his best friend. Like not his, basically. Right. That is his, his best his friend. His confidant, his best friend, his partner, his everything. Mm-hmm. And to see right. Jimmy. Hauling plank through the grass is like really arresting because you, you just you don't see that you always see Johnny with plank mm-hmm. and whatever Johnny does with plank kind of like makes sense they don't question it but to see Jimmy with him is just like Ooh, hold on and of course it catches the attention of all the Eds right. and they're curious so they follow Jimmy into his house creepy by the way <laughs> well when there's no parents yeah. around yeah, I guess everybody just keeps their want. doors unlocked yeah. for. You can do whatever you want in purgatory. Yeah, for, don't forget, this is early 2000s. It was still feeble to... Not, or not feeble. I forget what word I'm looking for here. But it was still acceptable to not lock your doors at night in the, neighborhood, or in the suburban neighborhoods. Not like the inner city where I grew up all tough. Not the inner city, no. 
What Andrew's trying to say is that at that point in time, 1999, it was still perfectly acceptable to follow a young kid into your home. Yeah, there, there I don't see no what the big deal is. Yeah. Until the 21st century. 20. No rules. No rules. No rules. No rules. Oh, Just right. Anyway. <laughs> what is that from? What is that from? It's marketing my brain, but I can't remember what it's from. Uh, Sean's giving me the finger. All right, so <laughs> at this point, the Eds are curious. They also, Eddie thinks he can make a buck somehow because he knows something's up with Johnny. So mm-hmm. they go in, they talk to Jimmy, and they're like, what's, uh, what's going on? And it basically turns out, in no uncertain terms, Johnny and, and Plank had kind of a falling out. Mm-hmm. So Eddie... Kudos to him because he's always he always sees the opportunity to make a buck. Snake oil salesman. Snake oil salesman. It's great. He's like Johnny is lonely right now and he needs a friend and I am going to make him pay to find that friend. <laughs> yeah. You don't really figure that out until like the rest of it goes on, but that's that's his plan. So right. for whatever reason, they send Ed in. Mm-hmm. So J- Jimmy's keep this in mind. Jimmy's hanging out with Plank. Yeah. Jimmy and his weirdness is hanging out with Plank. Plank hanging He's, out with Plank. They're trying to like be friends now, which is what you guys were talking about earlier in the episode, where Jimmy is now trying to fill the shoes of of Johnny, but also establish this rapport with a plank of wood. Correct. So for whatever reason, Double D and Eddie send Ed in to talk to Johnny at the playground, and how does that go? Poorly. It goes very poorly. It goes yes. very poorly because partly because Ed can't read, right. and what he can read, he does not realize needs to. There's different connotations and words that should not be said as opposed to the words that should be said. Like they're essentially trying to pass him messages and coach him through the conversation. Right. He screws it up in literally every possible way. Literally just reads every that. word they put in front of him. <laughs> <laughs> so if you've ever, so if anybody, just to give context, like if anybody's ever read a play and, and you do like a stage read of it, you know, there's a certain point where there's, there's actions that need to be read by a narrator mm-hmm. or, or somebody who's kind of conducting that line read. And in this case, they're giving these stage directions to Ed and Ed's just like, now turn and look to Jim. Oh, okay. Uh, t- Hi, Jimmy. <laughs> Johnny. How, how, ask Jimmy how he's doing. I'm doing well. Like, and that's, like, the entire thing is, like, he just can't figure out what is supposed to be internal for him and what is actually supposed to be vocalized and communicated to Johnny. It's essentially like if Cyrano de Bergerac uh, or The Jerk, if that helps. Uh, If if the main characters in either of those screwed up from the get-go, the movie or the play would just be over. Uh, In this case, they just kind of plow through. But I love that nod to, like, one character giving the other character lines in order to talk to another character, and it all just kind of breaks down and it's a complete mess. It does break down, but the best part is Johnny has absolutely no clue what's going on. He's so distraught, anyway. He's, he's just like... And, and then eventually he breaks down in tears and... Because he's, he's lonely, he's he lost lonely. his friend. I'm pretty sure that Ed just picks him up at this point and carries him away anyway, yeah. so it doesn't matter. Yeah, that's what, what he does. Yeah. <laughs> so where's, where's Ed going to take Johnny? Oh. Oh, uh, he ends up taking him to this kind of again. They've set up a shop in, a, yeah. in the alleyway. Uh, yeah, Ed's friend store. Set up shop in the alleyway, and it's store. it's Ed's friend store. And he, they are they are telling him that they want to to be able to help him find uh, a new best friend. It's like Tinder before and, iPhones and apps, and also just for friends I, that and, are made of wood. Inanimate objects. And inanimate objects. Yeah, man, you just trying to you know you trying to Ed and chill. Yeah, Ed, Ed and Jill. Yeah. Ed, Ed and Jill. Ed, Ed and Netflix Eddie and, and Jill. Net, Netflix and Ed. Netflix and Ed. Sure. Nef- Netflix, Netflix and, and Double D. Netflix and Disaster mm. Bay. There it is. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you got you it. Have to come to you. 
Yeah, there we go. So, yeah, oh, in boy. short, Eddie's scheme is to get Johnny to pay to help him get set up with a new inanimate object as his friend. For a quarter. I mean, right. it's not yeah, bad. For, yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm sure people so, have paid for oh, yeah, escort services. Holy crap, much more. If it was <laughs> only a quarter. <laughs> Uh, I mean, if you're paying, if you're paying twenty five cents for an escort, it's either Andrew twelve, or <laughs> or you're in Thailand. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> Fat. Yep. So I love I love this next little joke though, um, because they set they're trying to set Johnny up on like not dates but kind of like little friend dates, and the first one they give him is Bob a traffic cone. And Johnny has right. the best reaction to this because you don't see its face. You just see a traffic cone. And Johnny, like, meets it, and he's horrified. It looks like he's about right. to throw up. He's like, ooh. Yeah. And then they finally show the face. And what's wrong with Bob's face? He's missing an yeah, eye. He's got one wonky eye, a little smile. Missing an eye. And, and like, it's just... <laughs> just drawing an eye on. And as soon as the eye's drawn on, everything's fine. It's mm-hmm. not letting... You know, everything has been forgotten of the last five seconds where he had no yeah. eye... Now he magically has an eye, and everything's okay. Which, look, I want to say, Johnny, fuck you, man. Broaden your horizons. Dude's got one eye. What's your problem? Yeah, right. What's your Bob, problem? Bob's good for a cone. Bob, Bob's good for a cone. There's nothing wrong with Bob. Then... Soft and cuddly like mashed potatoes. <laughs> Eddie is my ideal friend. <laughs> so at this point, then they kind of set him up on a date, right? So Bob and, and Johnny go on this weird play date. Where they play ping pong, of yeah, course. Because there's a magical ping pong table right there in the alleyway. They get it all set up for them. Yeah. And Bob and Johnny play ping pong. and For about five seconds. Because as you might imagine, playing against an inanimate object, Johnny gets wrecked. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will say this, though. And this, it, this actually made me nostalgic and made me laugh okay. a lot. Uh, I don't know if you guys had any friends that had ping pong tables growing up. Um, no. But I, I had a friend uh, in my... In, I had a friend in middle school who had a ping pong table in his basement, and anytime he would do uh, like a sleepover, you know, most of us would be playing Nintendo, Super Nintendo upstairs. And then every once in a while, you know, people who were just kind of watching, if you were bored, would be like, I'm going to go downstairs in the basement and play ping pong. And I'll tell you what, that was a great way to kind of just one on one Mm -hmm. talk with somebody without like a lot of weird kind of awkward socialness yeah, or silence, like social yeah. then problems if they or, yeah, start, silence they start getting a little uppity you just spike the ball at them like bob did and put a dent in their forehead just drive it into their forehead <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not how i made friends in middle school andrew but i mean i could see to I your point make many friends in middle school because uh, he put ping pong balls through their foreheads. through their foreheads start i'm starting to see from the death threat about 50 minutes ago why <laughs> Hi, my name's Andrew. Hey, what's going on, Andy? Nice to meet you. I'm going to put you in a coffin. <laughs> I'm a body this fool. <laughs> Was I really that violent? We'll do a playback. Uh, yeah. I guess. Listeners yeah. out there. I can't wait do for you to listen to this Question episode. of the week. There we go. There's another comment. Everybody put that on the social media. Are you terrified Was of an- my brother? Was Andrew too violent to Sean? And should he get a restraining order? Remember, he's the uh, suburban brother. I am the suburban so, yeah. brother. But careful. I was also, careful, you know, kids. the age difference kind of gave me the only child kind of mindset. I, for, okay, trivia. I have been all kinds of child. I have been the youngest child. I've been the only child. I've been the middle child and if the I'll, oldest child. If I may divulge and break off a little bit, you've also th- you were also the child that 
thought the brother born three days before you was going to be older than you, even though you were six years older than him. This is true. I had problems with the maths when I was five. <laughs> you know, but I will say in your defense now, Dave, you are fantastic at math, so... Now he is. I don't use him anymore. I could still be really bad at the maths. Mm-hmm. It, you, it also didn't help when he had you. a 13 and a 12-year-old ridiculing him the rest of the time for that. I think they were pretty good. They were pretty good about it, as far as I remember. This has turned into therapy hour. <laughs> well, we are talking about psychologically, yeah. uh, no, emotionally actually... scarred children. Yeah, let's remember that episode. there's this messed up dead kid talking with an inanimate object who actually just beat his ass in ping pong. So yeah, that's, so that's let's bad. move on from there. Yeah, he's not friends with Bob anymore. Yeah, he doesn't like Bob. Yeah. So, like Bob. so now Eddie... so now we're gonna now we're gonna journey down into Ed's yeah. room what? in the basement of his house, which is one of those things that. In and of itself in this show, I remember this room having so much weird crap in it. And again, mm-hmm. it didn't disappoint. Yeah. didn't and, disappoint. And the lead into this is <laughs> Ed, another one of his just off-the-wall comments. He just goes, I live in a foundation with all sorts of useless things that Johnny would talk to. <laughs> and it and just, he literally does. He literally does. And I love his gore poster on the wall. <laughs> gore fest. Gore yeah. fest poster on the <laughs> gore wall. Gore fest. Or just on the outside of his door, it just says, uh, what was it, uh, slow-moving slow traffic. Slow-moving traffic, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in, inside this room, uh, we have Ed who finds a boot. boot. A boot that has what kind of almost looks like two buttons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're on. like the eyelets for the laces. Yeah, the like, eyelets yeah. for the laces. And, and, and then it's sort the of the... The sole is breaking off at the bottom, so it looks like a mouth. Yeah. It, it, right. it all works. And, uh, yeah. and what's his name, Andrew? What's the name of this... Salty Sam. Was it Salty Sam? Salty Sam. Is it Salty Sam? It is Salty it's Sam. Salty Sam. And Salty Sam is a little crusty, according to Johnny. A little crusty old boot. Yep. And, uh... Yeah. Johnny it, was, it, like, super scared of this thing. Once it, they left him alone in Yeah, the they were like, Johnny, we'll give you some time with Sam, and, uh, they shut the door, and as soon as they shut the door, the house falls down, essentially. <laughs> And when they go back in, Ed's room looks like a tornado went through it, and Johnny's hanging from the light fixture, and Bob, uh, Bob, Sam is just still sitting on that stool that they left him on. Hasn't moved. Hasn't moved, and Johnny is just like, he's crazy, get me the F out of here. And like, at this point, I was like, Johnny has a problem. Like, there's something <laughs> wrong with Johnny. It, it, uh. Yeah, and, you know, that's, that's essentially the basis yeah, of everything it's actually there really is. sad, though, because it's like this kid is, like, tormented, and the only thing that could keep him kind of, like, level was Plank. Yeah. Right. And right. so Eddie, in his snake oil salesman <laughs> genius, goes, we'll throw a party, yeah. which I guess turned into a swinger party at some point. Yeah, let's talk about that. <laughs> let's <laughs> get into this. Let's unpackage this part Let's of Purgatory. Yeah. So right what, now. Sean? What do we see once we get to this party, other than Eddie in like a like a seventies oh Saturday right. Night Fever? Well, he is talking cell. about records, and he has a disco ball yeah, in his room, true. so it kind of fits his it personality. Seventies, yeah, Saturday Night Fever. So inside of this party mm-hmm. setting, we have we have inside of Eddie's house, we have faces on everything, <laughs> everything. faces on chairs, With mirrors, faces on mirrors. It, it's just nonstop faces on all the things that are in there because the ultimate goal is to find a friend, again, that Johnny feels comfortable with. Now, in this moment, or, or, or prior to this, Johnny has already said and made the confession, I miss Plank. Right. right. He, he misses Plank. And so this party really isn't going uh, in the direction that they want to. No, this this Johnny... isn't a successful inanimate object friend party 
that nobody's the Eds had originally. Sean. Nobody's dancing. Nobody's dancing. So everybody's kind of just awkwardly standing in the corner. Everybody's like really like a stiff. middle school dance. They're like real stiff. Real stiff. Yeah. Nobody's moving They're very much. Bored. I mean, at, at, at this point, Double D makes the comment. He goes, "Dancing with a vase." Boy, have I reached an all-time low. Yeah, it's and I was like, no, Eddie, Eddie, Eddie wanted them to break the tension by dancing with things. I, so. when, I love when Ed grabs the potted plant. Ed, yeah, Ed grabs the potted plant, and he's just like, you're, you're, you have beautiful weeds. Oh, it's a wig, it's and he shoves wig. it back into the pot. And <laughs> it, was a, it was a cute little moment. <laughs> so we have this moment where, where it's not working, nothing's happening, this party's a bust. Uh, but again... You know, this, this music, this kind of like 70s style music or this, this music is playing in the background and they kind of go to leave the, the house. They go to leave Eddie's house. And in that moment, all the kids from the neighborhood have heard the music, have heard this party going on mm-hmm. and they just kick down the door. Yeah. There's no, there's right complete disregard yeah. Yeah. for anything that's happening. They're just like, oh, it's a party. Great. It's a party. Let's just show up. And they just they all one by one. And to show up. And the last person to show up is Jimmy uh, with, with hey, plank hey, and hey toe. Guys. So hey yep. yeah. And, and so he. he yeah, I love. I love so, it because like as soon as he walked in, I was just like, I got that like awkward feeling like when you're at a party with your friends in like high school, yeah. and like dude brings like your ex girlfriend yeah. or like your friend's ex girlfriend or whatever. I got that sense of dread where it's just like, oh shit, things are about to get super awkward. And then yeah. I was like, it is a piece of. Would. <laughs> <laughs> but to Johnny, right? Exactly. That's his, and that's the beauty friend. of the cartoon is that it makes you feel like Plank is an actual character, even yeah. though he literally does nothing. Yeah, yeah. And somehow, Plank gets knocked out of Jimmy's hands, flies through the air, and happens to land on the chairs right in row with Johnny. That's right. And, and this now, now Andrew has set up a beautiful moment yeah. that happens is that there is six, there's talking. six chairs, there's six chairs, and. What you're about to say still blows my mind, but then I have to remember it's purgatory, mm-hmm. and anything can happen <laughs> in purgatory. That's right. So go ahead, Sean, finish it up. So as we have we have Johnny on one end of these chairs, and we have Plank on the other, and we have people who are kind of coming in and out of the scene and kind of washing in front of your view right. of these chairs that are back there. And every time this happens, Johnny and Plank one by one, are moving one chair progressively closer to each other. Now, can we examine that last statement? Johnny and Plank are moving closer to each other. Plank's not being touched by anything. He's just hopping chairs. Okay. Because you you don't see Johnny move either. You just see the wipe across the camera. All right, that's true. And they both move. So Johnny is either super fast or somebody else is over there. Which he tore that room up. Real fast, if that's what we were going with. Actually, a little scared. (laughs) Yeah, it's like a like a fire starter or something. Got the power. God, so they get to this moment where they're sitting next to each other, and they they apologize. They sort of they sort of have this you know uh, this long talk where they're just like you know sorry, I apologize as well, and they sort of make their amends, mm-hmm. and they're happy again. They are best of friends. Yeah, and at this point, Eddie's so fed up with everybody just barging into his room, he kicks everybody out. I, I gotta pause, because gotta we pause. missed the thing. We missed the yep. thing. We missed the thing, the Get adult into thing. Oh, So at the, this point, okay. hold on, okay. So, so Ed is like having the time of his life. He's having a good time. Yes, he is. He's hanging out with all these inanimate objects. He's dancing with everybody. Starts with the pot. Starts with the pot, puts the wig back in the pot. 
works his way on up. On up to whatever. I don't know what the hierarchy uh, pi- of inanimate objects well, is, but... It doesn't matter because it's all piled on top of itself lamps, in his arms. Whatever. He's got everything in his arms. He's got about six, seven different things with weird, creepy smiles on his face. And he just walks in front of the camera and just yells, Swinging! <laughs> and as a kid, that's just a funny thing to say. It's like, I don't know what yep. that means. That's hilarious. Yeah, and now... And just walks away. Now, it's like, Ed is just straight banging all these inanimate objects. And they're possibly swapping partners. Not just yeah. swapping partners. He's probably taking them all on at one time. Ed, ooh, wow, he's <laughs> Oh, God. Listen, I don't know what he's doing no, with I what. No, it's off screen. We have no idea what happens. Mm-hmm. But just the fact that he yells swinging while he has about six, seven people <laughs> in his arms is hilarious. Anything goes in purgatory. Okay. So Eddie now kicks everybody out of the Everybody house. kicked. Tired of it. Uh, did he kick everybody out? I don't know. Who's left? Well, that's the thing. Like, I mean, they, they do have the moment where Double D looks at Eddie and goes, Johnny found his friend, and walking away from the scene is Johnny and Plank. Right. And Eddie wants his quarter. Yeah. Give me my damn quarter, you fucking psycho bastard. I don't think he said that, <laughs> but it's pretty apparent that's I'm, what he meant. It's, it, I, I just want to liven it up a little bit. Oh, fair so. enough. Hi. <laughs> but in the meantime, we're missing one, are we not? Who are we missing? Who are we missing, Sean? Uh, we are missing our buddy Jimmy. Our Whoa. buddy Jimmy. Jimmy, you mess. And... Welcome to the disco. Jimmy is basically like is coked out of his mind at this point. <laughs> Jimmy has found the inanimate. It coke is a swinger. Pile. It is a swingers party. So Jimmy found the inanimate coke pile with a smile drawn in it. <laughs> bouncy, it up. bouncy, bouncy. Oh man, Jimmy! Well, Jimmy is like got a shirt over it. He's got a jacket over his shoulder. He's got shades. He's got like a sweet. Shirt and he's just dancing the night away. He's having a good time. He's got a little bit of uh, John Travolta and Saturday Night Fever going on there. That's right. That's right. He doesn't give a shit about playing at this this, point. Yeah, and this is also Double D's song too. This is Double D's song. Yeah. Um, and we have an outro that just ends with the dance sequence. Well, you've got you've got Ed doing the worm in the background as Johnny as Jimmy dances, and then you've got Ed and Eddie coming in to do their weird squeaky dances. Yeah, and Eddie Eddie says something like, "If you can't beat him." I forget what the exact line Swinging. Was. Swinging, yeah. <laughs> we'll just end it with swinging. Oh, but that was not the craziest thing we've ever watched, but it's up there. It's that, up there. It's up there. That's not the craziest thing we ever no, watched. No, it's not even and close. I'm just, at that point, I just start to question where your sanity sits. If... Uh, for Saturday mornings, it's a, rough, uh, it's a rough ride. It is a rough ride. All right, any final thoughts for Ed, Ed, and Eddie before we move to uh, some second opinions here? Sean, do you have anything Let's... to add? No, I'm good. <laughs> he's, he's got nothing. <laughs> Andrew, this was your suggestion. So, any final thoughts on Ed, Ed and Eddie before we move to the user reviews out there? Just, you know. Before we for, recommend everything, too. <laughs> just for, for a show of its time, you know, the late 90s, early 2000s, when Cartoon Network was at essentially building up its prime. Yeah. Um, this was definitely one of the more successful shows that they had. And. You can see why, just by the variety of characters that they had, the variety of storylines they were able to produce with that. Um, it just, you know, it sees why, you can see why it had such a long run as it did and why it was just such a success. Yeah, agreed. And I think our first user review here that Sean's going to read for us uh, will agree with you as our second, maybe not. Maybe not so. <laughs> All right, so we have... Our first second opinion comes from 
Ghetto underscore superstar 1989 from Massachusetts. Uh, it's possibly the best show on CN, Cartoon Network. The show is wicked hilarious. First of all, there's Ed, the dumb one, Eddie with two Ds, the smart one with the nickname Double D, and Eddie, the loudmouth three haired leader that has no friends except the ones I mentioned. My sister and I laughed at almost anything that Ed says. I wouldn't call the animation that special, but it's pretty good. Uh, Ed reminds me of Patrick from SSP. Try guessing what that stands for. <laughs> Even thinking about the characters make me giggle. <laughs> ten, out ten. ten out of ten. Ten, ten, ten. out of ten. What's SSP? Uh, I don't, really? What's SSP? I don't really? What's SSP? Both of you. SpongeBob SquarePants. Patrick. He fucking. He didn't put he the did, B in there. I'm like, you can't, you can't break one of those words down and not the other one. <laughs> whatever your name was, you really, Ghetto Superstar. You really never got that. No, no, no. I thought Patrick from from SpongeBob, but when he put SSP, I was like, Yeah, I didn't understand. Well, what I guess SSP when he said, was. "Try guessing what that stands for," I guess that you, was more than just a challenge. You rat bastard. He realized he messed up and just was too lazy to go back and SSP. fix it. SSP. I was thinking some crazy anime like Superstar Police or something. That doesn't exist, I don't think. <laughs> All right, you guys ready for a second review? Uh, Let's get into this because I am excited. Here's This one, guys, is heavily edited because you don't have all, all day and neither do we. This is utter crap without a doubt. One <laughs> out of ten stars from Chris Blue Wolves from the United Kingdom. This is from 2009, so this was roughly around the time this show actually went off the air. Here we go. I'm going to be honest here. <laughs> <laughs> Ed, Ed, and Eddie is absolutely, positively the worst and stupidest cartoon that I have seen in my entire life, which is a very big disappointment and embarrassment because truly I love cartoons. This show is not funny. The script is dull, and the characters are appalling. Plus, I would like to have a chat with those morons who claim to enjoy this steaming pile of cow dung called Ed, Ed, and Eddie in order to get some sense into their empty skulls. Grow up, you imbeciles. And I agree with all those more sensible people who never. This show is horrible, and it really ticked me off. It stinks. Here's where I edited due to rambling insanity for multiple paragraphs. <laughs> he continues, What to do when the show is on? One, change the channel. Or two, turn off the television. Bottom line, please. This is mostly in caps, but only the first letter of each word. Bottom line, please don't ever bother with this drivel. It sucks so bad and is utterly boring. I, I need to say that this review was ten times as long as what I just read. So there was a lot of text okay. dedicated to... Just like hate for no apparent reason for this show. <laughs> but there it is. Two sides to every story. So wow. uh, with no further ado, we're going to go around the horn and we're going to say, you know, do you recommend this show for people to check out? And if not, does it get the dip? Now, again, the dip comes from Who Framed Roger Rabbit, where the villain of the piece puts cartoons in the dip to erase them from existence, never to be seen again. So if we give it the dip and if it gets uh, two, two out of three or more, it's gone. We never talk about it again. So Andrew is our special guest tonight and my brother. Uh, do you recommend this show? And if not, does it get the dip? I do recommend this show, actually. Uh, just for the fact that I said before, you know, it wasn't one of the most successful shows Cartoon Network had mm -hmm. for no reason. Right. It, you know, it had the variety. It had the way to keep everybody's interest. It even had the adult humor that made, you know, the adults who were stuck watching this with their children even want to enjoy it, and, which is a staple that Cartoon Network really has developed really well over the years. Mm -hmm. So, yes, I would recommend it for all those reasons. Nice. 
So no dip for you. Sean, what do you say? I definitely recommend this show. It's imaginative. It's crazy. It's worth it to kind of see the, the three different personalities that the Eds bring to the table. Definitely does not get the dip. Nice. As for me, I'm, I'm going to recommend it as well. Just to complete kind of your cartoon cartoon watch. Also to watch it with the weird idea in your head that these kids might all be dead. So <laughs> that's fun. Why not? Yeah, right? Who so knows? It doesn't, it doesn't dead, dead children is always a good topic to have. And moving straight from that, uh, <laughs> Andrew Charmore, thank you so much for joining us yeah, on this thank episode. Thank you for having me. I am glad to have been here with you guys. So, <laughs> so um, for the listeners out there in listener land, uh, just to let them know, again, what you're up to as far as schooling goes and then where they can hear you when you're on the radio um, currently and possibly in the future. Uh, like I said, uh, attending Northampton Community College in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, I am the station manager for WNCC, the school's radio station. You can find us on the TuneIn app. We also have a Facebook, just find WNCC, and if you want to find me, I have a Facebook as well, just, yeah, it's very distracting <laughs> right now, trying to pitch. This, this is what radio is like, Andrew. This, this is, is what, what radio, radio is, like. is like. Okay, let me wrap this up. Uh, you may find me on Facebook, um, just search Trumbor, and it can't be that hard to find. There's not that many of us, so. Sadly, we're a dying breed. <laughs> hey, I'm not. I'm not the last of the bloodline yet. So just yeah, you, te- keep... you technically are. Well, I am for now. You technically, but I'm are. not done yet. All the pressure. All the pressure. <laughs> All the pressure. John. <laughs> <laughs> what a segue! Nailed it. Uh, hey guys, as always, uh, I'm doing live improv comedy in Washington D.C. for a show that is called POTUS that is going to premiere. Uh, in October. You can find more information witdc.org. Also, uh, in November from the 9th to the 12th, there is going to be, and I am producing the District Improv Festival. You can find more information out about this festival, districtimprov.org. And as always, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Sean Paul Ellis. Nicely done. And we'll have all that information up on our website as well, so you don't have to worry about uh, writing all that down. As for me, you can find me on Twitter uh, at DrClawMD, where I am still not verified because Twitter is jerks. <laughs> You can also find me on Collider.com, Nerdist.com, and DaveCrumbore.com. If you're interested in finding out more about Saturday Morning Cartoons, you can do so at our website, SaturdayMorningCartoons.com. Follow us on Twitter, at MorningTunes. Check out Sean's handiwork on our Instagram page, Instagram.com slash SaturdayMorningCartoons. Also, keep up the conversations over on our Facebook page, and uh, you know, feel free to like us if you haven't already, and if you have, feel free to share those comments and uh, conversations. We love having chats with you guys. We're actually going to have a few uh, answers to your comments or questions of the week here in a second, too. So stay tuned for those. Uh, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube page where you get to see our videos up each and every week, plus a little extra bonus content from time to time. And feel free to listen to our free audio podcast each and every week through iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. As always, if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions for a future episode, feel free to send us them at uh, SaturdayMorningCartoons at gmail.com. Let's go to the question of the week. So previously we wrapped up our Transformers month and we had a uh, carryover question uh, from that. So the question of the week is actually... If you were a Transformer, what would you transform into? And we had some fantastic answers <laughs> from Facebook. So well, you go Please. ahead and read your, your favorite and I'll, I'll follow up. My favorite comes from Shane Lewis. Because Shane says, a train. I always wanted to be a train when I was young. <laughs> Shane, Shane, you're the best because we love Trainbot. Love Trainbot. We How love, can you not want to be Trainbot? We love when Trainbot just 
busted through the scene to save the day. Uh, my favorite's going to have to come from Sherry Fournier, or Fournier, who says, uh, now remember, the question is what you want to transform into, her answer, a bed. She says, now stay with me here. If I'm tired and away from home, all I have to do is transform and boom, bed. You may ask, how would that help me in the never-ending struggle between the factions? Simple. I would be the kind of bed that can fold and snap shut. So a Murphy bed? A Murphy bed. So she would turn into a Murphy bed. Futon. Futon, something like that. Something. Oh, Brady then. Yeah, a cot, a military cot perhaps. I have to agree. I would definitely want to turn into a bed. That seems like it would be pretty rad. Can, can, I, can I just, you know, jump in here real quick? Uh, no. With a, with a favorite of my own? Oh, you have an answer? I have an answer. Uh, Get into it. From Jake Kent, you know, sticking with the, the current oh, okay. trends, Jake would like to transform into Harambee. Um, you bring know, back R.I.P. Bring back those children. From bring, back, uh, bring back Beast Wars. Also bring back Beast Wars. Now, what would her <clears throat> how, how Harambee is dead? So wouldn't he uh, join Ed, Ed, and Eddie and the crew in Purgatory? Yeah, and he'd be super king of that place. Yeah, how, I was. mean, how exactly does that work? I don't know. I guess we'll find <laughs> out when Jake transforms. And last we had is from our buddy Todd Phillips on the Facebook page. He wants to transform into an armadillo named Armadillo Tron. Nailed it! Man, Nailed we, it! There we go. go. That was. You guys are great. Nice. Keep the answers coming, and we'll we'll hit them up next week. As for us, that's going to do it for this week on Saturday Morning Cartoons. Thank you guys for joining us. Thank you to Andrew Trumbor for joining us for this episode once again. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you for having me. And we will see you guys next time. Thanks for listening. Hey, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening to Saturday Morning Cartoons. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to transform and roll out.